This is the Sanam S4 podcast, brought to you by Sanam S4, the go-to people for success in the world's fastest growing economies. Season 1. Reshaping international student recruitment in the time of coronavirus. Episode 3. This week we're trying something new on the podcast, a panel session with three of Sanam S4's in-country reps in the US and their manager. Jackie, Haley and Megan, two of whom are UK university grads themselves, have been building UK university brands in the US for some time now. This is a great opportunity to get straight to the coalface to hear what US students considering the UK are saying. Jackie, Haley, Megan G and Megan B, welcome. So I think um, it would be interesting if you could start by telling us just quite simply, what is the question that you're most commonly faced with? So Jackie, perhaps you'd like to kick us off with that. Yeah, sure. No problems. What's been fascinating is that we haven't really received any questions regarding COVID and how that's going to play a part with their arrival. I'm seeing the majority of students that are more focused about just, you know, normal questions regarding deadlines for accommodation, you know, your normal day-to-day type of questions that you would normally see around this time of the year. But then you do have that small percentage that are concerned about finances. That's what I'm bumping up against. You know, a lot of their families have, you know, lost their jobs because of COVID. So they are, you know, wondering, do I need to defer at this time? What do I do? I'm trying to kind of delay their decision Mm -hmm. Um, so that they're better informed. Haley, is that the same situation for you? Yeah, so I'm uh, exactly similar to Jackie. I'm getting a lot of, okay, I'm to the point where I'm finishing my application, but should I hold off or is there anything else that I'll need to submit? Um, I'm also getting a lot of questions uh, from uh, already um, confirmed students, you know, should I hold off on submitting my deposit or the question coming into place about refunds if they have already or still plan to submit their deposit at this time. And do you get any sense, um, Haley, that parents are playing any bigger role um, in this discussion? Yes. So I'm finding that the parents are more so behind or backing the students asking these questions at this time. A lot of the students are saying my mom or my dad or my guardian wanted me to ask you. And interestingly enough, there was a webinar which surveyed parents that happened just last week. And that um, in direct correlation also showed that the, from the survey responses that parents are more concerned than the students at this time. And Megan, is this kind of chiming with you? Yeah, I've had a similar experience uh, to Jackie and Haley. I think with students over the past few weeks, there was a little bit of an increase in more of the questions in uh, terms of how coronavirus could affect fall start um, that came from last week as opposed to the week before that. We're really working with a lot of students who already had a full degree in mind. So I think if anything, I'm seeing them almost more gung-ho to keep going with this. They, They really want and envision this. I thought there was going to be a lot more fallout. And so that's been really encouraging. I think our listeners will be interested to know what you're finding is the best means of staying in touch with students right now. 
So um, my students that I'm working with currently, for the most part, the initial um, communication is via email, calls, and face-to-face -face Skype meetings with them, or even WhatsApp or FaceTime meetings so that we can be face-to-face, -face, um, even texting with them if that's easier, if we're just chatting back and forth really fast. Also trying to get them in touch via phone or via Skype or Zoom with faculty at the university. And is anybody setting up any groups or any hangout chat rooms or any anything slightly different in the current circumstances? I wouldn't say that I'm creating a group, but I'm, I'm definitely creating more webinars. And I have student ambassadors that will be on my webinar to kind of share their experience um, post-COVID. Exactly. It's just that, isn't it? It's maintaining, providing a good degree of practical information and encouragement um, when actually the circumstances are just not, not very clear. I guess the question is what happens next? And I'd love to hear from each of you how you're preparing for the next phase. What, what will your, your first moves be? Start with Megan on that. Yeah, I mean, I was really uh, thinking about this a lot in, over the past week and how we prep and prepare the students who are planning on September 2020 right now. And my feeling, and Jackie and Haley, um, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on it, is that we kind of move forward as we have in past because regardless of exactly what this looks like, hopefully um, timelines can go as planned and they would be on campus, but even if it moved to online or start date was pushed back, um, our students still need to be prepped and prepared. I think all of us for our universities do a, a pretty extensive job of really customizing that. So we're gonna have to really be um, working actively with our teams on our campuses to be able then to kind of adapt that information for our US students. So just really being on the front foot and ready to adapt, that sounds good. Uh, Haley. Yeah, so similar to Megan, um, we're thinking rather than changing the whole strategy, we'll still move forward with implementing a lot of the communication, next steps, pre-departure type information and events virtually and digitally that we always do within our roles. Um, Jackie? Yeah, I would have to agree with Megan and Haley on, you know, the different communications, um, but I think it's very important for us as reps in country um, to kind of assess what's going on in the U.S., what changes are happening. Um, for example, University of California just announced that they will be accepting transcripts with pass-fail for this semester, and they will also um, be SAT, ACT, AP optional. So how does that transition to us? Do we need to change our admissions requirements to reflect what's going on now and the announcements that have been made by universities? So I think it's really important that we provide that information to our um, admissions departments to make sure that they're aware and that we have enough time to make those changes and policies once June comes around. You know, it's, it's really helpful for us being here to provide that information back to the university. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Do you know what's interesting though, Zoe, is that, so I know the girls are getting these survey results and I think Haley mentioned it. So we are, you know, there are these survey results like coming from like higher ed chronicles and, and 
these um, outsources that are asking students, like, what are your opinions? And we are getting these results that are completely different from the conversations that we're having with students. You know, like a lot of one four students are looking to stay closer to home, you know, and I, I guess it's more focused on the students that are looking to stay in the U.S. I, I would love to see a survey more specific to students that their main goal was to come abroad. But from what I see so far, it's not congruent with what what the results are. You know, something that I've actually been thinking, and then I'm like, am I crazy to think this? But I keep checking. I have the, what is it, like the e-news break app. And so it's actively showing globally and within the U.S. the supposed, like, updated every 24 hours number of active um, cases, like how many people have it in each by state, country, et cetera. And I've honestly started to think because U.S. is so exponentially worse compared to pretty much every other country now in terms of how many people have it. I'm wondering, will this actually make more students want to go abroad to a country that has a lot less cases for the next year? But will or they be will... able to go? Exactly. Good question. Sure, yeah, yeah. Will they yeah be good question. Are they like... going to limit themselves to mm-hmm. which countries can come in or cannot? Right. Mm. Will there be a ban from U.S. students? On Jackie's point earlier on, it would be so interesting to see survey results from students who are looking to study an international university from the U.S. versus what we're seeing in terms of kind of the, mo- the students who are focused more on. Yeah, and something that I'm trying to think, too, that might be an advantage. So let's say possibly, truly, that, you know, all the universities want to stay open for autumn and they host their their, their autumn semesters online virtually. I wonder if that actually, if we can spin it with our wording to our students, that that's actually a benefit because with a lot of their parents, if their parents are financially involved with their, their education for their bachelor's degrees and master's degrees, and if their parents are getting furloughed or laid off right now, that's actually going, like, if they still want their children to start college on time, that actually could save them a lot of money um, while they're getting their jobs back and everything if, they're, if their child isn't paying for living expenses, if they're just paying the tuition. To wrap up the discussion and just to draw things to a close, um, I want to um, bring in Megan B, who manages the team here for Sanam. And Megan, um, of everything you've heard there, what um, strikes you um, most? And what practical tips could institutions take from what the team have said there? I I do find it first most striking hearing from the team uh, a lot of terms used on flexibility and change and being adaptable to the current circumstances. So I applaud them in doing that and think that that, of course, is something that universities can can take away from this conversation and I'm sure are already being adaptive in how they're changing policies and rolling with the unknown at this point. It is interesting also that prospective students are in some ways maintaining and assuming that things will go forward as planned in September and completing processes. And I think some good points were made that their roles as advisors to these prospective students remain to um, support them through the application process and any of these changes that may happen along the way. So they will 
kind of carry on serving that purpose and supporting students throughout the process. So speaks to the value of having them as advisors, also with a finger on the pulse of the U.S. university landscape so that when changes to admissions processes are happening within the U.S., things such as being test optional, that can be communicated back to international universities who may choose to mimic those changes to admission. Um, I think the the degree of hope here is that students are still engaging with them. They are seeking answers. They aren't losing hope that this opportunity will still be there. And um, some good points made that online options should be intriguing options. If not everybody's cup of tea, they will add some value and allow them to get that global perspective even from home. Jackie made an important point on this too. The job market really impacts the desire and demand for graduate education. And so coming out of this to a really poor job market, we may see a peak in interest for postgraduate programs. Great. Okay, perfect. Well, look, everybody, thanks so much for giving us those views. It's always really interesting to hear what's going on on the call face, the kind of issues that students are raising with you. Have a good rest of the day. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.